My name is Olusha Gumukulu, and very briefly, I'll be sharing on the issue of Titan. Now, I have written a book on Titan. The book is available on Amazon. You can just go to Amazon and type in my name, Olusha Gumukulu. This audio is just a short audio for some people who may not be able to order the book. But this audio cannot be comprehensive and I'm not going to go into detail as much as I did in the book because it has to be very short. Nonetheless, I trust the Lord that you will receive understanding as you receive as you listen to this audio. Now, I know that it has been an issue in the body of Christ, but it should not be. Years ago, I told a friend that a time is coming that there will be an uproar against tight in the body of Christ and people will seek to know the truth. I am glad it's beginning to happen but this is just the beginning. We have not even seen the main opera yet. Now often they say that uh, tight is in the um, started with Abraham. Uh, in other words that it's not just law, it preceded law. But when we read Genesis chapter 14, where we have the incident of Abraham, here is what happened. Abraham went to war. He won the war. Out of the spoils of the war, the spoils of the war that he took, he gave 10% to Melchizedek, 90% to those who went to war with him. He said so that they will not say they made Abraham rich. So the first thing we, 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 we saw uh, when we read that passage is that Abraham did not keep 90%. He gave 10% to Melchizedek and then 90% to those who went to war with him. Again, that was the first and the only time it was recorded Abraham did that. It was not something he was doing weekly, monthly or yearly. It was once event in his life and it is by a revelation he received of the Lord. Also, Melchizedek didn't ask for this 10%. In fact, Melchizedek had blessed Abraham before Abraham gave him this 10%. Again, Abraham didn't pay this 10% from his farm. He paid it from spoils of war. You know, these are simple truths in the scripture. And yet, some people will twist it. They are so plain. They, you, you can't contend against it. Nobody, for example, can contend against the fact that Abraham did not pay this tent to Melchizedek from his farm or from his income. It was from spice of war. And that the fact that he also didn't keep 90% to himself, nobody could contend, can contend with that. Secondly, we saw that with Jacob, God had promised Jacob that I will be with you, I will go with you. Jacob woke up and said, God, if you will do this, then I will give you a tent. Now, that is not an example for a believer to follow. That was unbelief. That was ignorance on the part of Jacob. God didn't put that in the scripture as an example for us to follow. That when he has spoken anything to us, we need to now be giving him condition. And you will now notice that Jacob didn't fulfill that promise of 10%. When he was returning back, he gave 50% to Esau to appease him. And then there was no way he could even have given 10% of everything again to God because 50% had gone out. And there was no record that he gave that 10%. Yet the Lord 
blessed them materially. Despite that material blessing, he still had to cry to God and say, Lord, bless me or else I will not let you go. And one will wonder, a man that was already rich, what, what was he asking for? It's because blessing is not material. It's not really money or, or the material things of this world. All that God did was to change his name. Now, so after that, the Lord instituted tithe as a law. Let nobody deceive you. Tithe is a law. When you read, um, I think, Hebrews chapter 7, we have a detailed account in Hebrews chapter 7. In fact, let me just read a statement from Hebrews chapter 7. It says that, And verily, they that are of the sons of Levi, who received the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithe of the people, according to the law. Now, can you hear this? According to the law. Now, tithe is not just 10% of something. There are specific things. There is, there is the fruit of the land. There is the wave offering. There, there are, there are heave offering, rather. All these things constitute tithe. And God required from the children of Israel to the tribe of Levi and the priesthood. Because they were not working. And there was a physical temple where they take this to. Now, tithe is not money. That is another thing that we also need to understand. Uh, we will discover that God said to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 14. He says when they come from a far country. You see, the, the nation of Israel was expanding. Uh, there was no way... Everybody will just live near the temple. Some will have to come from far places. And it will be difficult to bring their tithe according to the law. So in Deuteronomy 14, 23 to 26, the law said that come with money. But when you get to Jerusalem, buy your tithe. Now you can see, so tithe wasn't even money. If you bring money to Jerusalem, nobody will accept it from you. If you take it to the temple, the priest will just look at you and send you out. Nobody will accept it. If I personally feel that that was the reason why there was exchange of money and sales of articles of tithe in the temple when Jesus came. Because you know some smart business people just thought, let's move this thing to to, to the temple so that when people come with money they can just buy it at the temple and then they started a business like a bureau they change in the temple so it has to be clear now another quick thing you need to understand is that there are two covenant the covenant of the law and the covenant of christ when we say old testament we don't refer to genesis to malachi when we say new testament we don't refer to matthew to revelation old testament is a is a covenant established by God with the children of Israel through Moses and with the blood of Anima. That is a covenant. Now, the New Testament is the one Jesus established with us through his blood. So when we say testament, we are not referring to the arrangement of Bible. We are talking of covenant. So when we say we are not under the law anymore, we are not saying Genesis to Malachi is irrelevant to Christians. That's not what we are saying. What we are saying is that we are no longer under that covenant again. We are now under a new covenant. This is very expressly clear in the scripture. So when you now read Malachi, for example, the prophet Malachi was addressing the nation of Israel at a particular time. Prophet addressed many things. When you read Malachi chapter 1, they talk about sacrificing of wrong animals. 
The, chapter 2 talk about maltreating their wives. Chapter 3 talked about uh, uh, tight and so on. Now, they were addressing that issue as at that time. It doesn't mean that they are right. That scripture is now to you as a believer that you should go and be paying tight. For example, if you want to follow Balakai chapter 3, why will you neglect chapter 1? Why can't you continue to sacrifice animals? Why do you continue now with, with tight? Tithing is not for the believers anymore because it is of the law and we are not under the law. We don't operate under the law anymore. Let me give you an example of what I mean. If this, the scripture says that thou shalt not commit adultery, that's a law. We are not under that law again. In the new covenant, it is not about not just committing adultery physically. It is that God has removed the sinful nature from us. So our sinful nature is now nailed to the cross according to Romans chapter 6. So that we don't lose, we don't even desire it. it. It's irritating to us because we now carry the nature of Jesus within us. That's what it means. So it, when you keep that law in, in, in Exodus, what you are doing is that you are only restraining a sinful nature within yourself. God is not, God doesn't save us that way. He, he saves us by delivering us from the sinful nature. That is the plan of God. It's not to restrain it. Law never set any body free from sin. Law only came to show us what sin is, to point us to Jesus. So, law does not save. It is grace. That's why the scripture says, where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. It is grace. It says, sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. It is under grace that we are set free from sin. So, we are inside that covenant of Jesus. And that means that every articles of the temple, all the, all the activities on the temple, ceases to be operational. Because we are now in the new covenant. So this has to be very clear. Now, how, somebody may say, but how will God provide for his servant? See, none of the apostles preached tight. Peter didn't preach it. Paul didn't preach it. Nobody preached it. What did they preach? They preached the love of Jesus, that we must love one another. And that was why in Acts chapter 2, the Bible said there was none that lack among them. Everybody that has something, they brought it to the apostles' feet. That is what we should be preaching. Now, God is going to provide for his servant. If God had truly called anybody, he will provide for them. He says those people he has called can live by the altar. It means that the people that he ministers to, of their own unwillingly, will minister to him. God will provide for his servants. So, it, this has to be clear that it tight is no longer for you as a child of God. In fact, let me read something for you. In, in James, the scripture says that, now, if the, James chapter 2 says, Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art a, become a transgressor of the law. What the scripture is saying here is that, it says, if you keep the law, if you keep the old law and break one, it says that you are a transgressor of the law. So, if you want to keep the law of tithing, for example, you must keep every other law. Law of circumcision, law of, you must keep all those laws. Now, no human being can do that. That's why Jesus said he did not come to put away the law, but to fulfill it. It is Jesus who came to fulfill the law, not you and I. Our own fulfillment is in Christ Jesus. It is Jesus who has come to fulfill the law. Now, I want to even read something more interesting. In Galatians chapter 3, Paul made a statement. He said, for I testify again 
to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the old law. Christ is become of no effect unto you, whosoever you are that are justified by the law, ye are falling from grace. Paul was saying here that if you are trying to practice the law, Christ is no longer useful to you. Now, if tight is of the law, if you practice it, you are you have fallen from grace. Tight is not grace. The kind of of giving God had called believers to is willingness, is willingly, out of a generous heart. Because Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says that, I urge you, brethren, that ye offer your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. What God wants is not your 10%. What God wants is your body. When he has your body, he will have control of every other thing because you have been bought with a price. So the scripture is saying that, see, if you are going to continue to practice tithing, Christ has become of no effect for you. Now, there's nothing wrong for you to now decide and say personally that, okay, I want to be giving 5% of my income to this ministry, to this church, to bless somebody, and so on. And please, let's have a clear understanding. Giving to God is not giving to church or giving to ministers. It is meeting the needs or allowing the Holy Spirit to direct you to spend the resources that he has committed to your hands. You are no longer your own. So deliver your conscience from this guilt they bring about by preaching tight to you here and there. It is confusion. It is of the law. That is why no apostle you will not find, I challenge anybody, it is only in the book of Hebrews where Paul was explaining how we are no longer under the law, how tight is no longer operational. It is only then you have the word tight from the book of Matthew to Revelation. That's the only point. Nobody preached it. What they preached is love among brethren. I know this video is short and I didn't go into details, but I just trust God. That somehow he would have opened your eyes and given you understanding. The desire is that we will know the Lord Jesus Christ. We will walk in the new creation reality. Once we walk in the new creation reality, you don't need anybody to tell you how to be to be to be struggling to get money from you. God is not even looking for that kind of money. It is those who willingly understand that they are, they are stewards of the resources of God and give willingly. Those are the people that God is looking for. My prayer is that the Lord will grant you revelation. He will open your eyes further. If you want to buy my book or if you want to read about the book online, uh, you can just go to Amazon.com and type in my name. My name is Olushegun Mokolu. If you want to reach me for that, particularly maybe through WhatsApp or, or email, you can reach me on plus 234-818-615-7852 or BibleLoveHelper at gmail.com. God bless you.